Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hello and welcome to From the Canvas podcast. Uh, I'm here with Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, everyone. And we're here to talk about everything that's going on in the wonderful world of boxing. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we're on, Dave. Had, had, how are you? You doing well? Uh, I'm doing fine, mate. I'm a bit hungover, if I'm being, being truth be told. Uh, loving, uh, loving lockdown life. So um, had a nice little um, virtual race night with some friends last night across Zoom, which was interesting. And... Um, quite uh, heavy on the alcohol front so um apologies if my voice is a bit bit funny um because i'm feeling a little worse for wear right, but other than that i'm all right mate how are you yeah I'm, yeah i'm well thank you i'm i'm not hung over uh which is which is merciful because otherwise this podcast could be pretty pretty ropey i mean to be um, honest it might it might actually improve it you never know yeah, it could be, it could be a little, little bit more succinct because we just bang through as quickly as possible to go and puke. Oh, lovely. Um, I'm probably <clears throat> I'm probably a little bit less hungover than I could have been, given that the Conor Ben fight was so early last night. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I was going to say, mate, your voice is already a bit weird. You've got that kind of Winchester background with a Midlands twang. So uh, <laughs> there's, there's a whole host of things going on there, isn't there? It's a right mixed bag. Cool. Right. So um, in terms of the podcast then today, what we're going to do is our normal three parts. Uh, we're going to cover everything that has happened um, in the boxing world since our last podcast, uh, which, is, which is a couple of really interesting fights uh, and talk a little bit of the news. Then in part two, we're going to do everything, uh, all the upcoming fights up to the Anthony Joshua fight, but not the Anthony Joshua fight. So that should keep us nice and organised then until the Joshua fight and the week before the Joshua fight, we'll make sure we put out another podcast. Um, and I'm sure that'll be an anti-Joshua loving, given that you probably could tell. The anti-Joshua special. The anti-Joshua special, our first one. Um, and then we'll talk about anti-Joshua fight number six. And I always panic that me and you probably watched different fights. Uh, <laughs> so if not, we'll. So we're definitely going to be reviewing him versus Matt's leg. Well, considering fight six and fight seven are, are both against blokes called Matt, is a, there's a high chance that we may, may have uh, may have got the wrong one. Is this, this is number is this number six or number seven? Remind this me. This is no, this is number six. You're right. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Great. So, without any further ado, then Dave, um, what's it about? Uh, what's it about Conor Ben last night? Conor Ben. Yeah. So. Um, you and I have watched a few of his fights previously and um, we were messaging last night, weren't we? And just saying how uh, we're, we're not fully convinced, are we, by Connor? Um, particularly one particular fight that we watched a couple of years ago where in the course of a six rounder, uh, he managed to get knocked down twice, but still win on points, which is um, quite an achievement. You got knocked down twice in the first round, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Connor's a son of Nigel Ben, um, former world ch- uh, champion who had those um, series of fights with Chris Eubank uh, in the 90s. So um, lots of uh, expectation on his shoulders. And it, it must be it must be a bit strange, actually, um, in any sport, really, when your father 
is um, such a successful sportsman in the, particularly in the sport that you're now doing, that must be quite an interesting dynamic and must be quite difficult to deal with, I would imagine. Um, yeah. you know, Chris, Chris Eubank uh, uh, Jr.'s got the same situation, hasn't he? Um, where his dad was so good and he uh, is trying to live up to that mantle. And, and Connor's trying to do that uh, albeit in the welterweight division. Um, and I thought it was... I thought it was okay last night. I don't know what you took away from it. I I I, I don't think he was he was poor. I think you know it, it was against um, uh, Formella, who was a decent a decent opponent, probably the the best opponent that he's faced so far in his career. Um, and he did he did win the fight on on points last night, and um, that was a decent victory for him. So from that respect, you could say that he's made progress there. Um, oh. I'm still not fully convinced. Is he, you know, is he going to be, is he going to be following in his father's footsteps and um, fighting for world titles at welterweight? I'm not so sure. Um, I don't know what you thought. Yeah, no, very similar. I don't. I, I am uninspired by Conor Ben. To be honest with you, I think last night he found the formula to beat Formella. Um, which I'm, which I'm really happy with. Um, is, he, is he Greek or Australian or? Uh... <laughs> Unclear, mate. Let's not. I feel like we should. I feel like on the on the stuff we don't know, we shouldn't speculate because it's generally keep, keep it keep it vague. Yeah, keep it nice and vague. But he definitely fought a guy called Formella. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he did well. I thought he let himself down a little bit. He threw an elbow in at one point, which I think really kind of. Um, I think it turned the fight in his favour because obviously the format had a bit of a problem with his nose and it was just a bit, it was quite one-sided really. Um, it was a surprise to me that was the, the, the main event of a, even of a Saturday night show because I just don't see Conor Ben quite at that level yet. Um, but I think it probably that's a reflection of the amount of people that Eddie Hearn now believes are box office draws. Um, yeah. He needs to be building the next, the next. Um, well, Con- Conor's been on, um, He's been on the the next gen circuit, hasn't he, for for a bit? And I guess Ed, Eddie Hearn is hoping that um, now is the time to start putting him on main shows. But I agree, it's quite a step forward to sort of go from that next gen circuit to headlining a Saturday night uh, card on Sky. When you consider that, um, you know, it was only a couple of years ago when like Kelbrook Gennady Golovkin was was the main fight on a Saturday night. Yeah, like you know. Um, it, it, it's it's um, it's he's not at that that standard. And and when you when you look at the welterweight division, the world champions in that division are absolutely unbelievable. Um, he's a long he's a long way off that. I mean, he's not he's not trying to be at the moment. But is he is he going to get there? We'll have to wait and see. But he's um, he's he's yet to convince me fully. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think there's a bit of way to go there. Um. The only thing I've noted on that card, I thought um, Alan Babich, the Savage, looked quite quite good. He um, he had a fight against Tom Little. I don't know if you've seen that one. Well, you'll have, I was going to say you'll have to cover this one because I was uh, I was about ten about eight races into the race night at this one. Um, so uh, I didn't I didn't actually watch this one. Um, yeah. so you'll have to cover this. Yeah, fine. Very like nothing nothing to write home about particularly, but it was a very comfortable win for um, Alan Babich, and I thought it looked quite good. I don't really. Uh, uh, he's, he's one of those where I haven't seen enough of Alan Babich to know where is where is he. Mm. Um, he certainly looked very impressive against Tom Little yesterday. Um, so I think he's just, still un, he's unbeaten, isn't he, Babich? Yeah, he's unbeaten. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a big he's a big brute. Um, I don't know how 
I don't know how how good technically he is, but he can definitely throw. So I think he's maybe one to watch. I could see him getting a, you know, he he could be a mix it with Delboy next, in my opinion. That might yeah. be a, that might be a fight on the on the. It's card. always nice to have these guys that you know show, throw out a few names for for people to watch out for and and you know and see, see them come through because uh, it's 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 good to see them progress. Excellent. Um, okay, so in other news then, uh, Kel Brook, Dave, any thoughts about that? Yeah, well, <laughs> this is a this is another classic um, occasion where uh, when the fight was made, when the fight was made and announced, um, I was talking to you and I was thinking, oh, you know, Kel Brook against Crawford, I can't see it. You know, Terence Crawford's going to be far too good. Um, Kel Brook's not the fighter he used to be, and then. Uh, even though I know it's happening, I, this happens every single time with like a major fight. I get fully sucked in to the promotional <laughs> operation as the week goes on. And, you know, you see the the, the interviews and the fight, the fighters talking and the promoter comes on and says, oh, he's in the best shape of his life and he looks really good. And then you see him at the weigh-in and Kel, Kel did look in amazing shape. Yeah, he did. The he did. Yeah. Um, you'd, ne- you'd never say anything else, would you, as a promoter? You'd be like, I... Yeah, and I start, and I start thinking, oh, <laughs> do you know... Yeah, do you know what? Actually, Kelbrook is a really good fighter, and he looks in really good shape. So maybe Kelbrook has got a, has got a shot in this fight. Um, it, it 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 turned out not to be the case at all, did it? I mean, um, I thought it was. Uh, I thought the fight itself was a really weird fight. Yeah. Um, I, I just found it very strange. Like the um, I thought he won the first two rounds, Kelbrook, but. Um, Nothing happened in, in in either of the first two rounds. No, Crawford was kind of measuring him. I think that was the like yeah. That, you know, because you don't need to win every match. You don't need to win every round, do you, in boxing? Like there's just no need for that. If you can take two rounds and work your opponent out, which Crawford did, then no, no issues. Is and Crawford Crawford is quite renowned for being a slow starter. Anyway, um, I think he. Um, he, like you said, he, he measures opponents and sees what he needs to do. Um, interestingly, in the first two rounds, I saw that it was mentioned that he started in the orthodox stance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then didn't have an awful lot of success. And Kelbrook was doing quite well at that point, albeit, you know, uh, nothing of note. But he was boxing sensibly. Um, and then from round three uh, onwards, Crawford switched to the southpaw stance and it, it completely changed the fight and he started to have a lot more success. Um, whether that was, I mean, you could, you could, I could easily see that as being actually a tactic that he had thought about doing before the fight anyway. Um, you know, come out in the orthodox stance, try to m- make Kelbrook think that he's in the fight and then switch it round and um, and box oh. in the southpaw stance. I mean, the the talent of the guy is unbelievable that he can do that and and switch switch between the two stances and um, look successful in in either stance. He's the sort of boxer where um, when he switches the stance, he's so comfortable in either. You, you haven't actually sometimes you don't even notice that he's he's, he's switched. Uh, I, I was I was thinking the other day that um, when Del Boy switched to southpaw against uh, Alexander <laughs> Usyk, it's very um, how unnatural that looked for him. Um, uh, whereas this was the total opposite and, um, and Crawford looked really good. I mean, the thing that was so concerning to me though with, with this fight, um, so Crawford, uh, for those that don't know, Crawford knocked Kelbrook out in the fourth round um, with a really sort of, uh, it was like a, 
was like a really sharp um, right hand, like a sort of, it's like a, a small sort of cuffing shot, wasn't it? It wasn't like a full um, a full punch. It was like a small sort of cuffing shot. And he just got him with the right hand. Um, and Kel sort of staggered over to the ropes and uh, Crawford came in to finish him. And the referee just started, just stepped in rightfully so, because uh, the fight was definitely over. Um, but the thing that really worried me, and, and I'll text you straight away after seeing it, was how easily uh, Brooke was finished. Yeah. Um, he, he took the one shot. Um, you know, it was a good shot. Don't get me wrong. It was a good shot. But he just immediately cowered and started to cover his face. And we all know he's got those two metal plates on on both eye sockets where, but like in, in different fights, one against Golovkin, one against Spence, he's broke, he shattered the orbital bone in each side of his face. Um, and he was actually, claw- it, he was actually like clawing at it. Like, yeah, he was like basically just trying time. to cover his, he was trying to cover those, those oh, even injuries. Before, even before the fight, he was still doing it. He was like constantly. Yeah. Well, I think that, that just shows to me that um, he, he, he might, it might even be that, you know, in the sparring and in the build up to the fight, he feels amazing and he thinks I'm in great shape and I can I can do this. I can do this. But I think there is clearly still a mental fragility there um, that is deep seated. And I, I don't think that he will be able to get past that now. And I, I think for that reason, he should retire. Um, there's no there's absolutely no shame in. Um, losing to the three men that he's lost to because they're all absolutely amazing. Um, and Kelbrook's had a brilliant career. Like he's, you know, world champion. The, the victory over Sean Porter in the US was incredible. And we love Kelbrook. His ring walk's awesome. Um, and he's had a brilliant career. But I just don't, I don't want him to carry on because I, ju- I just, th- I think that there is a, a real problem there and um, he, he'll get seriously hurt if he carries on. Yeah, I'm, I worry there's going to be too much money in a fight against Amir Khan somewhere, maybe Saudi Arabia. Um, and it's it's getting to the point now where we're way past actually wanting to see that. Two years ago or three years ago or five or six years ago, I'd love to have seen yeah. that fight. Mm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too... I think you're right. I think that fight is that fight is going to happen. Um, and, I'm, and I'm loads. Gonna, I am going to watch it as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, we will watch it. Um, kind of like a loser retires match, but in reality, both of them need to retire. So, um, yeah. bit of a no loss. Anyway, anyway, right, right, we're going a bit long. So let's talk about uh, ladies' night. Uh, yes. So really good night of boxing, I thought. Um, Katie Taylor, uh, Terry Harper, and Rachel Ball. So Rachel Ball, really clinical, mm. uh, but you know, and getting this, the uh, the uh, points win. Terry Harp with a great knockdown, looking really impressive. And then Katie Taylor showing absolute class and, in my opinion, like winning every round comfortably. Mm. Uh, what did you think of Ladies Night? I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was really well executed. Um, the whole, to be honest, the whole card was decent. The two, the two uh, men's fights um, at the start of the, the card were decent as well. Um, uh, but but to talk about the the women's fights, I thought that all three of the uh, the British the British girls were were excellent. Um, Rachel Ball was really really good, and she's like stepped out of um, her work as a carer to come and take this world title shot, which unfortunately in the end didn't turn out to be for a world title shot because the girl she was fighting uh, missed the weight, which is uh, to be honest, I think it's a 
it's a bit harsh, really, when your oh, opponent misses the weight, so therefore oh. you're penalised by not getting the world title. I, I think I do question that a little bit. Um, but, you know, I suppose that those are the rules. Um, but Rachel Ball was really, really good, and she's she's absolutely grasped that opportunity that um, was given to her by beating Shannon Courtney at uh, Fight Camp a few weeks ago, where, you know, she, she fought Shannon Courtney, and none nobody's really heard of Rachel Ball before that and then you see her pop up on that card and you think oh that's a good win and then she's now you know she's now fighting for hopefully soon will be fighting for a world title um I thought she looked really good yep um I thought Terry Harper was absolutely brilliant in her fight and we were talking beforehand about how we weren't fully convinced by Terry Harper. Um, we, we thought that the Natasha Jonas fight was quite close and could have gone either way, really. Um, and I, I did need to see something to convince me a bit more of her. I am convinced now. I thought she was excellent. I thought she was really, really good and, and totally outclassed her opponent. Um, actually broke a hand, didn't she, in the fourth round. Um <laughs> Such an awful break as well. Have you seen it's that? It's like a full, like clean break. clean break, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bad, it is a bad one. Um, I saw on, uh, I saw online on uh, Twitter that um, Eddie Hearn's paid for operation as well, which he said was a um, a bonus for uh, such a good performance, uh, which is nice because I think it was about three grand. So yeah. fair play to him. Um, not, not sure if you could, I imagine. No, no. Well, I mean, it's, to be honest, was, everyone was like, oh, it's so good of him. He's, yeah, he's really generous. But I thought, well, it's in his interest to get her fit again because he's, she's one of his main um, attractions on the women's scene. So, um, yeah, so but she was excellent. She was really good. Got the got the stoppage in the ninth round. And um, I thought she was great. Um, Katie Taylor, on the other hand, was just just showing us again why she is just different level she's just completely different level i mean the i thought this was this was probably the most impressive i've seen her she was just absolutely brilliant from start to finish um the only thing you could say is like you you would have perhaps liked to have seen the stoppage but um i don't really know how miriam gutierrez was still standing at the end of it i think she was just so determined to see the end of the 10th round that she that just sort of carried on going and there, there was a question over whether to be honest it should have perhaps not been allowed to continue that long because she just took a beating for 10 rounds um i think if uh, that when taylor knocked her down in the fourth round if that was like 30 seconds earlier because it was right on the bell wasn't it if that was 30 seconds earlier i'm pretty sure she would have got her out of there but um but yeah taylor was taylor was class and um and and, and absolutely brilliant yeah what a resilient lady uh, gutierrez was I, oh, yeah i have to say I, I i think my takeaway from the the fights were it was a really good night of boxing i really enjoyed it it did make me question about a bit about the depth of women because mm. they're Whilst the, the the three we're talking about the really clinical uh, wins from the three Brits, it they were fighting some decent opponents in the women's ranks really, and none of them looked really up to that much. Yeah. Uh, so there is a bit of a question there about it, but you know, hoping that that's going to kind of develop over time. And it's it's one of those, isn't it, where you know you can only beat what's in front of you, um, and you certainly we certainly can't criticise for what they did, but you're absolutely right in a sense that. Um, we had three, we had three potential world title fights there, um, and all three of the British ladies won every round of every fight. 
now that isn't um that doesn't scream competitiveness um and that 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 is what needs to um, be addressed um for the sport to grow on the women's scene that will happen with time um we've spoken about it before um it will get there with time and, and and more competition but um that's the next step for women's boxing isn't there for for there to be um a real depth to the sport and 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 a bit more um a bit more competitive action at the top end indeed right mate um then i think that's probably would probably us for fights in them uh, that have been between the last since, since the last podcast and this one just two bits of news to touch on quickly um tyson fury um no longer fighting in december does that look like he's gonna be fighting wilder early next year well uh, yeah there's t- there's um there's two bits to that i think um firstly that does scream to me that the wilder fight's back on i, I i'm i'm pretty Absolutely. sure that yeah. that's going to be that's going to be happening now um early 2021 isn't it um i think i think a, a, a contract's been arranged for that although although having said that bob aaron has said that that won't happen unless there's crowds allowed hasn't he yeah. um i think in the us it's like, well they had some there's had some fans at the um at the fight uh, the other uh, the other week the leo santa cruz fight didn't they um there were some fans there so i think in certain states there's different rules and um on whether fans are allowed in and and you know potentially by january maybe there will be some form of a crowd stadiums um i do think the fury wilder fights back on yeah i don't think deontay wilder deserves it because uh he's a disgrace as i just as i, as I mentioned wilder equals disgrace according to those notes. um and it's a dangerous fight for tyson fury you know at the end of the day he's beaten deontay wilder twice in my opinion uh, officially only once but twice in my opinion um but Deontay Wilder is a, a destructive knockout artist and he can definitely win like there's there's no doubt about that I if think Pavet- Tyson Fury would win but he but he he absolutely can lose if Povetkin can do it I'm fairly confident Deontay yeah it's, it's, it's a risk it's definitely a dangerous fight um I, I do worry for how long Tyson Fury has been out of the ring now um just from a mental health aspect um as much as anything um, obviously, don't know the details. Hopefully, he's, he's well and he's keeping fit. Um, but I think the the thing that's kept Tyson Fury in a good place over the last like eighteen months, two years, is that he's had, he's had constant action, hasn't he? He's been kept busy. Um, and I just I just hope he's he's all right, basically, and he's he's been um, he's been looked after properly. Um, because we 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 desperately 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 want to see Fury Joshua, don't we? And uh, let's hope that that can still happen. Well, that would be the climax of this podcast. Um, and then very finally, mate, uh, just a quick quick nod to Dave Allen, uh, who's retired at 28 to go and get fat in Leeds. Yeah. I, I mean, I, did you see the um, official um, thing he put on Twitter? I haven't. So he, uh, he put out a statement uh, to say about his retirement and uh, thanking everybody for his career in boxing, etc. Oh, yeah. But attached attached to the uh, the statement was a video of him sparring with Alexander Usyk um, before Usyk's fight against Chisora recently. And um, apparently this is this spar is the reason he has decided that now is the time to uh, to leave because um, in the sparring session, he takes a shot. About, I think he said it was about four minutes into the spar. Uh, he takes a left hand and it, it, not, it he says it knocks him out. Now, he... He stays standing 
and he finishes the spa and he says it was a half an hour session so he boxes another 25 minutes now i know he's not fu- i know he's not fully unconscious because obviously he's still going but what he's saying is is that from from that punch until he got back to his change room he has no memory of it at all literally cannot remember anything about it and he, he said scary. when it's so scary he said when he when he reflected on that he just thought do you know what uh, I'm I'm done with this. Uh, I think he said I'm done take, taking punches to the face, which you know, fair play, fair play to him. Yeah, I, I mean, fair play. I really enjoyed Dave Allen. I thought he was a real, yeah. real good character. Never going to be a world champion, but proper, <clears throat> proper gritty Northern. And I like him. He's he's the sort of fighter that we love. We love to love in Britain, don't we? A real. A real underdog, a real scrapper, and you, you you just can't help but want want him to do well. I mean, his best win was against Lucas Brown, wasn't it? He was. Uh, oh, that was a great fight. That uh, was brilliant. Um, and fair play to him. We wish him all the best. Indeed. Right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Nice, uh, a nice succinct roundup from us. Twenty-five minutes. Excellent. Um, I will. Uh, <laughs> I will uh, speak to you in a minute. Part two. Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to give a shout out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. And this amazing podcast picks the winners of pay-per-view matches and sees how the uh, the outcomes turn out. I think it's an awesome podcast, and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the Wrestling Predict Cast. Okay, we're back for part two now. Uh, and because we've got so many fights coming up, we're going to cover now everything that's happening in the world of boxing up to the Anthony Joshua fight. And that will include some of the undercard stuff. And because we've got so many fights to cover, we decided to do something a bit different uh, and rain David. Um, and we're going to give uh, a maximum of 30 seconds for each of the fights. So this is going to be rapid fire. I will be calling out the fights that we're discussing and then, Dave, you've got 30 seconds to, to talk. Um, I will. You'll have to just cut me off because I'll probably just ramble on. But, uh... Yeah, start with the best. Start with the, start with your best points, mate. Um, <laughs> okay. And I'll just cut you off. All right. I will. Uh, for the benefit of the for the benefit of the listeners, uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll raise my hand on our video chat because um, we are having social distance, obviously, rather than just cut, talk over you. Uh, right. This- this um this feature is fully is fully designed so that we can have a full Anthony Joshua loving on the next podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I want to give you. I want to get through about ten fights now in. I don't know how long it's going to be, five minutes or so. Rather, and then we can spend a lot more time talking about Anthony Joshua and how much we love him on the next one. Okay. okay. So let's start then. Uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. The first thing I'd say about that is why is it happening? Um, do we need to see something like this? I don't. I wouldn't class this as a boxing fight. Um, I can't believe it's twenty-five pounds as well to watch it. Um, it's an exhibition. It they can say it's. I think it's eight rounds, two minute, eight two-minute rounds with no head guards. Um, it's. I just think it weakens the sport. It diminishes the sport. Um, I, I just don't. I don't really have anything interesting to say about it. I mean, the le- and also I only hold it on hand. One more thing: the less said about YouTubers fighting, the better. That's what yeah. I'm with. So who's winning? I don't care. <laughs> Quite okay. frankly. Let's hope. Let's hope we get into a bit more. Let's hope we 
that's, that's, that, that trend does not continue for the rest of these fights. Like, yeah, pretty grim middle part. Okay, Daniel Jacobs versus Gabriel Rosado. Yeah, Daniel Jacobs is a brilliant story because he's come back from bone cancer and crippling operations uh, to, to come back to fight for world titles, which is amazing. Uh, he's a high-level operator. He's fought for the world title on several occasions. Um, his best wins against Derevinchenko for the IBF world title. But I think he's just below that elite of, you know, the Alvarez, Golovkins of the such. The guy's fighting has lost about 15 fights or so. Um, so I see Daniel Jacobs winning this one pretty comfortably. Right. Bang on. Did top. I do it successfully? You were, yeah, you, yeah, more or less. 31 Excellent. seconds. Pretty good. Right. Billy Joe Saunders versus Martin Murray. Well, the first thing to say about Billy Joe is we're not going to talk about what he does away from boxing because that's an absolute disgrace. Um, so let's just focus on his boxing. Um, he's, a, he's a really good fighter, Billy Joe Saunders. This is a completely uninspiring matchup. Um, and I just don't really know why it's happening. I think Billy Joe just needs an outing. I think he'll win this comfortably. Um, and for his uh, career, he needs a proper win on his belt. So Canelo, Callum Smith, something like that. But he'll win this fight. Lovely. I like the fact that you go, what we're not going to talk about is, and then spend 10 seconds out of your 30 talk about it. Yeah, sorry. Good. Right. Uh, Anthony Yard versus Lyndon Arthur. Yeah, decent, decent domestic fight, this. Um, Lyndon Arthur, 17 wins, no losses. Um, Anthony Yard's obviously uh, a big draw for BT Sport. They both last fought against Dex Spellman. They both beat Dex Spellman. So this is a really good yardstick for Yard. Um and I think I, th- I think he'll win this, but he's going to have to work quite hard. Um, this is a, this is a good fight and one I'm looking forward to. <clears throat> and see if Lyndon Arthur is the king. Um, <laughs> Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia. Errol Spence, boxing superstar, amazing fighter. He's got some brilliant wins in his record. He's beaten Sean Porter, Mikey Garcia, Kel Brook. Um, where is he, though, after 14 months out of the ring and a massive car crash as well is where he crashed his Ferrari. Um, he's amazing, though, uh, Errol Spencer. If he's back to his best, he will win this fight. Um, but Danny Garcia is also a really decent operator and he'll push him. He will push him really hard. But I think Spence will win. Great stuff. Uh, Jack Hayes versus Scott Ryan. Oh, he didn't tell me we were doing this one. You've thrown that out of nowhere. <laughs> I haven't got much to say about that, I have to say. That's good because I just made them up. So excellent, excellent. <laughs> Thanks for that test. <laughs> I was just just seeing how the just wanted to sense check the quality of the uh, of the advice for giving boxing fans. Yeah, I was thinking uh, my prep is weak. I've, I've I've failed. I was really hoping you were going to launch it and be like, oh, Jack Hayes, yeah, really looks really promising. Um, <laughs> then you got then we have to edit. Then we have to get better. So, you, so what you what you what you've done there is really tested the integrity of this podcast, and uh, I've 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 come through. So that's uh, I'm pleased with that. Yeah, it's important. It's important to test the integrity. I mean, <laughs> if you just started talking, we'd have to get Ben to edit it out, and then it would be a pain in the ass. So, um, <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> so good. Integrity check. Uh, right, back to the actual real real fighters. Um, Lawrence Acoli versus Christoph Glowacki. Yeah, um, I've been really impressed with Lawrence Acoli so far. He looks like a decent prospect. Um, I feel like this is a classic opportunity that Eddie Hearn has just absolutely pounced on because the WBO title has been vacated by Maris Bradis. Um, and I feel like he's just thought this is the time for a Coley to step in and grab one because Maris Bradis is amazing. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a big test for Coley. It's definitely um, his biggest test so far, and it's for a world title. So it's an amazing opportunity for him. I think he's going to. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to come through it. I think he's going to win. Yeah, I do too. Actually, I'm not a big fan of Lawrence Coley. If I'm on, if I'm totally honest, but I think he will. I think he will win this, and he'll be he'll be a, an interesting world champion. Um, and then finally, mate, we've talked about it a few times, but the last fight to cover is Dubois versus Joyce. Yeah. And like we've said before, I think this is amazing, amazing fight. Um, I'm so, so happy that it's happening. Uh, I think Dubois is going to win, but it's a big, big test for him um, against the just sort of relentless juggernaut uh, sort of granite head that Joe Joyce is. Um, but I think I think Dubois is going to win. But I, I'm so, so, so looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a brilliant fight. And I have to go back to... Credit to BT Sport, not on box office next week. Really accessible fight. Like, re- really pleased. Looking forward to it a lot. And that, that, the fact that it's not on box office, like you said, fantastic, fantastic from BT Sport. Fair play to them. But that is going to do both of those fighters the world of good because the the level of exposure they'll get from it not being on box office, I think, is is a real opportunity. Yeah, and do you know what? I also think it's two fingers up to Eddie Hearn, which is yeah. which, which BT Sport always happy with because. I mean, Eddie Hearn will throw anything, anything he can get away with on box office, won't he? He will, yeah, he will. And um, and fair play to him because, like you say, BT, BT could, they could have put this on box office and they've decided not to. So fair play. Cool. And I can't wait. I literally cannot wait for it. It's gonna be brilliant. Mate, that was the most succinct second part we've ever done. Uh, is there any other parts that you want to talk about? Uh, what about that Jack Hayes one? Are we, are we not doing that? <laughs> We'll come back to that next pod, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Mate, you, don't, you don't sound like that was like the hardest bit of the prep for this. The hardest bit of the prep was me trying to find two two uh, names of people that could legitimately be boxers that weren't boxers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fun we have. Integrity check passed. I didn't think I'd say that on the podcast, but no, no. I'm, I'm delighted. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, in a bit, mate. questions who has the best movie beard which movie death is best which disney villain had the best song one podcast answers them all that movie list podcast a podcast full of lists quizzes occasional accidental humor and filler so much filler like lists like movies like podcasts Download that movie list podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rated PG-13 for mild peril and occasional nudity. Right then, we're back for part three. And this is Anthony Joshua fight number six. Fight number six. Fight number six. So today he's fighting Matt Legg. Now Matt Legg comes into the fight with seven wins uh, and two losses. Um, And mercifully... Um, <laughs> we are well. We are going to have to talk for longer than the fight goes on because this is Anthony Joshua's quickest win at 83 seconds. Dave, you watched the fight back. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> well, I think the first thing to say is it's a huge um, opportunity for Joshua because this is on the Groves Frotch undercard, isn't it, at Wembley Stadium? Yeah, that's the rematch, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. So Groves Frotch two. This was uh, this was on the undercard of that. Um, in May uh, 2014 at, we- at Wembley. So, um, 
a sign of things to come for AJ boxing at Wembley Stadium, which was which was good. Um, I'm mad that it was like it was only like hardly anyone there. Like yeah. you look across the ring, you can see all the empty chairs because people aren't you know people are coming for the main event. And this is quite early on. Yeah. Madness to think what it's would like, like in uh, it's really odd, isn't it? It's uh, it's like in daylight and uh, it's really really strange sort of uh, setting for for an Anthony Joshua fight. You just um, but I mean, having said that, I mean, you're right. So all the, the the seats are empty. There's a decent crowd at ringside, and I do wonder if perhaps like if you've turned up with seat tickets, you were maybe allowed to just wander forward for this. Um, I don't know if that is true because there's there's a fair few people at the side. But um, on the floor, if you're on the floor and you can get, yeah. there, you would, wouldn't you? It's also, yeah. Oh yeah, we did we did that for Anthony Joshua versus um, uh, who did he fight in Manchester? Who was that? Um, um, Molina, Eric Molina. Eric, yeah, and we were sat right at the front, weren't we? But I mean, I mean that was primarily so we could get out and get alcohol more quickly uh, <laughs> rather, rather than to watch any boxing. Um, but yeah, we like it was quite it was quite loose, wasn't it? And people, I, I'm amazed at boxing. How many people just turn up just for the main event? I know, I know. And and the funny thing about um, slight tangent, but when we went to the MEN, we were also amazed at how well dressed everybody was. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and I turned up in in jeans and a jumper and um, some serious glam, some serious yeah. glamorous, um, some some quite quite nice ladies um, down at the MEN. Yeah, I mean. You'll get aware of that comment because I'm pretty sure your missus doesn't listen to the podcast. She definitely doesn't. No. <laughs> I think I, I heard my I heard my wife go and I think, oh, that sounds really good. What is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> from from the, from the Canvas podcast. Uh, anyway, yeah. So um, interesting uh, interesting uh, opponent looked about sixty. Matt Leg, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 again, like you know. Comes comes into the fight well aware of um, the task that he's uh, he's got, but um, in the in this one, although this is Joshua's quickest win, Matt Leg like really goes for it, doesn't he? Like he's just he Matt Leg knows he knows. You know, well, this, is a, this is a six rounder, and Matt Leg is like, I'm just going to throw as many haymakers as I can within yeah. the first 60 seconds. And I really really hope that one of them lands on his temple because if it doesn't, I'm going to get knocked out. Before the fight, he said, I'm going to be more aggressive than anyone anti Joshua's fought before, and I've got nothing to lose. And that was evident from about the first 10 seconds. He, he, he did didn't do that. He did not throw a jab in the whole fight. He threw about <laughs> four punches. All of them were his full force. It was like a full, like, he's like a looping windmill, wasn't he? He's just like absolutely throwing these enormous, like, moon punches. Um, from the he, sky. He, I mean, he fights in a more skilled fashion, but in exactly the same style as I believe I would fight. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> meals. And, and an early knockdown. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with the thing is with him, if you're going to say that before the fight, go and do it, which he did do. And and actually, you you have to you have to commend the bravery in that because he's well aware that he's probably going to get knocked. You know, it must be a weird thing to stand in that corner in the first round and think, "This is my tactic." I'm going to try and knock him out and be ultra aggressive. But that is almost certainly going to mean that I'm going to get knocked unconscious. <laughs> that is a that is a bizarre thought, isn't it? Well, I feel like the point at which you're going in the ring and going, that, that guy over there is quite big, isn't he? Quite big. Why has he got them gloves on? Oh, is, yeah, I know. Is he, is he definitely in my weight class? Are you sure? <laughs> he looks, I, I mean, I punched his stomach and my hand hurt. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, he hasn't fought since Matt Leg either. Um, so I wonder if I wonder if it's a bit of I wonder I wonder perhaps maybe there's a bit of a journey. Well, I'd say journey maybe we have ten fights, but a bit of a you know a bit of a um, you know polishing off a good career with a fight at Wembley. I mean, you can always say I fought Anthony Joshua at Wembley. Yep. And I mean that is pretty. Everyone, impressive. Will, everyone will ask if you call Vladimir Klitschko, and you say no. Uh, Matt Leg actually. It's enough, Matt, for you to be welcome on the podcast anytime. Uh, Absolutely. Hit the up, up on social media and we can make that happen. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, he, he can have the claim to fame that there's only there's only two people that have fought Anthony Joshua at Wembley, Vladimir Klitschko and Matt Legg. So, so fair, fair play to him. Um, I would like to say uh, that I think the main thing about this fight, aside from the fact that Joshua obviously wins comfortably and knock, knocks him out, um, the most important thing from a promotional aspect is the fact that it was at Wembley, wasn't it? And and I think even even at this early stage in his career, six six um, victories in now, um, you know Eddie Hearn yet again is not missing a trick um, and and making sure that he is 100% on this card because um, more than anything, I, I think even at the even at this stage, Hearn's probably thinking, well, if this goes well at Wembley tonight. Joshua will probably fight here again, and it's good exposure for him um, just to get used to fighting in, in a big stadium and getting used to that that um, environment more than anything. Yeah, you're um, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, but another brilliant performance. He actually said, yeah, you're, you're absolutely bang on. So much so that that is exactly what Eddie Hearn said after the fight. Um, he said, um, I think in two or three years, Anthony Joshua will be here headlining. Um, so it's good to, good to see him here. Yeah, um, another, another another classic win. But I think it's Matt Skelton next, isn't it, that he's fighting? It is. So that's a good fight. Um, so a real tease for the next the next pod. Um, spoilers, he wins. <laughs> Shall I reach out to Matt Skelton in the week? Shall I drop him a little DM? Mate, rude not to. I feel like um, I, I, we, were, we were discussing earlier, we? Rachel Ball from Oldridge, which is not far from either of us. She's the most, we rec- I, I reckon, she could be our first, our first um, guest on the pod. I'll let you. Like, I'll, you know, let you I'll, re- I'll reach out to Rachel. See if see if we can uh, see if we can get her on. I mean, if if, if we can just get any professional boxer on, I'll be I'll be I'll be happy. Well, to be honest, at this point, I'd take one of my mates. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you, buddy. Uh, and once again, thank you to Ben, um, our producer, editor, podcast network host extraordinaire, um, for putting this together. Much appreciated. Cool, mate, mate, catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the From the Canvas podcast, brought to you by the Views from the Sofa Network. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get involved in the conversation? Then find us on social media. Just search for From the Canvas podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.